At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, You're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. That was awesome. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'll get, I'll get to all the election stuff. I'm going to do a quick history story today because I know the world really is waiting with bated breath, Chris, to hear what the great, well, me, 
has to say about all this. Just got done like hours ago doing four and a half hours of live election night TV. So the sultry sounds of my voice may not be what they normally are. It doesn't matter. I could do this with one arm tied behind my back. Probably because it's radio, but still. Let us rewind just a bit and talk about the Battle of Leuctra. That's L-E-U-C-T-R-A. I've also seen the C turn into a K, which is kind of weird. It was always C when I was reading about it. We're going to Greece. Greece, as you well know, ancient Greece, had a lot of interesting parts of it. You enjoy some some things to this day from ancient Greece. Now, it was ruled not as a country. Remember, there was no Greece. There kind of was, but kind of wasn't. It was a place ruled by city-states, powerful city-states, Athens, Sparta, Thebes, it's ruled, you know, this powerful city-state, if you're Athens, you have all these other smaller city-states around you that you're really in charge of. You're the one running things there, and everyone's really pretty much happy with that arrangement. Now, when I say kind of, there were times when Greeks would gather together to fight other Greeks. These guys would join sometimes. I mean, see the Persians. Persians jump in. Uh, well, look, I can I can beat up Sparta and Athens. Uh, you can't beat up Sparta and Athens, that kind of thing. But it's ruled by city-states. And part of the reason ancient Greece is so fascinating is it's like this, this, this petri dish of growing different types of government that hadn't really been tried before, different societies, and seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, seeing why there are great things about some things and bad things about other things. Athens and Sparta were obviously the two big dogs in this whole area. Athens was, well... Athens was probably the one you want to live in. Athens was democracy. Now, I'm not going to break down the details. It's not exactly like you think, but that was Athens. You know, this democratic, democratically elected government. We want philosophers here. We're going to have plays and, and parties. That was Athens. I'm making them sound softer than they were. Athens was tough as nails. But they were very much the more enlightened place. Athens had a good navy. We need ships for trade and and naval battles and things like that. I always looked at Athens, fair or not, kind of like I look at Britain for most of its history. Kind of that way. Sparta, ah, not so much. Sparta is a military society. An absurdly military society. I can't find another example of a society quite this extreme in human history. 
And when I say military society, I mean every single part of Spartan society was aimed towards military strength, creating the strongest, best warriors on earth. At the age of seven, I am not making that up, seven years old, you left your family. And the family gave you away. It's not as if the Spartan government came and kidnapped you. You just simply understood. It was just understood. Oh, he's my baby until he's seven. Then he's gone. At seven, you're gone. You leave the home. And until you're 18 years old, there are graduating levels of it. But you go through brutal often deadly levels of military training, fighting, formation, discipline, exercise. They wanted you as a Spartan to be able to think on your feet. They would do things like starve the kids half the time so the kids would have to steal food, and they wanted you to steal food, but if you got caught stealing the food, they would whip you savagely, viciously. Why? Not because you stole, because you got caught stealing. They're breeding these super soldiers. And it's more than just the exercises, push-ups, stealing food. It's the discipline it takes to fight together in battle. The discipline to maintain your formation. They would fight in the phalanx. You know what a phalanx is. You've seen it in the movies. Guys with shields and spears lining up in a big square formation. So it's it's essentially a gigantic armored turtle. Well, it looks fine when it's standing there. You can probably stand there for a while, but... Battles don't take place in only one place. You have to move at some point in time, forward, back, right, left. I will tell you in my time in the Marine Corps, especially boot camp, you like to think of it at all as all screaming and push-ups and rifle range and things like that. And yes, there's plenty of that stuff. Hours and hours and hours and hours of marching in formation. Everybody's right foot hitting the ground at the same time. Everybody's left foot hitting the ground at the same time. An order is called. We are now moving right at exactly the same time. You are now stopping at exactly the same time. We're moving forward. We're moving backwards. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And it took a long time. Hours and hours and hours to do that right. And we didn't have shields and we didn't have spears. They still do that, though, to this day because it creates unit cohesion. It creates the ability to follow orders. Listen and follow orders and follow them immediately. Time and time again, they would scream at us. And I'll tell you, to this day, I say these exact words to my boys, my own sons. Failure to follow simple instructions. Failure to follow simple instructions. Boys, go brush your teeth and then put your shoes on. We're leaving. I come back in five minutes. 
The shoes are on. Did you brush your teeth? Oh, I forgot. And they know it's coming. They'll say it themselves now as they run to the bathroom because they know I'm about to lose it. Failure to follow simple instructions. It's important. It would be years of that kind of training for Spartans. While a 17-year-old in Athens is he's learning some philosophy. He's, he's learning to read and write. Not that they couldn't read and write in Sparta. Spartans are training. Now, only one of those two do you want to go to movies about. And only one of those two, especially the dudes, do you want to be. But hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. You have to have an auto protection plan. You just have to have one anymore. I've, I've got so many friends who are mechanics. Just a lot of my Marine Corps buddies, that's the direction they went. And they said, look, not only is it more expensive than ever now, it's about to get worse. And it's one of those things, there's not even somebody to blame. It's just the technology. The advanced technology in these vehicles, it's, it's, it costs a lot of money. You have to have an auto protection plan. So if you have to have one, why not have America's number one auto protection company, CarShield? CarShield lets you pick the mechanic. CarShield gives you options on what kind of plan you want. CarShield gives you options on the payments. That's incredible. Go to carshield.com and get your plan today. That's carshield.com. Do not forget, use the promo code JESSE. Carshield.com, promo code JESSE. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. I understand you and I would like to see ourselves more as Spartans than Athens and places like that. But remember this. There is something to be said for being a well-rounded human being, too. I have always admired the warrior to myself. But part of the reason, look, I'm sure you've noticed. I have people on from all the military branches. Special operations guys, too, from all the military branches. I've had plenty of Navy SEALs on. Pretty sure we had a Delta guy on. Uh, you know, my regular guest, my favorite guest, my fill-in co- host, BK, the Air Force PJ. But who do I have on the most? Green Berets. I have on Green Berets the most because I find them to be the most interesting. I find them to be the biggest thinkers. Their mission is different. I actually worked with some of them in Baghdad for a few weeks. 
just talking to them about their mission. I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but their mission is different. You drop Green Berets into somewhere, and they are really, really on their own. It's their job to do much more than shoot. They can do that. They have to get along with the village elders. They have to conduct diplomacy. They have to teach people how to clean themselves. They have to think. They're well-rounded. You really want to be well-rounded. Period. You just do. So let's slow down on the Spartans were doing it right, but they are the most fascinating, aren't they? Spartan society, remember how I said it was all geared towards the military? Their women were supposed to be absurdly hot because they believed that women had to be extremely fit because it would help them produce stronger children. So the women had regimented fitness programs as well. Bunch of Spartan fitness models out there. There were parts of it I find to be odd, but again, it's such an odd culture. Uh, Like you weren't allowed to marry until a certain age, and even once you got married, they wouldn't really let you spend any time with your wife but they still expected you to produce children, you would have to sneak home to take care of your business and hope that she had children. And they needed Spartan women to have children, obviously, because they were such a military people. You're always trying to produce these super soldiers. You're going to need replenishments when people die. And then these idiots, I mean, look, this is why I'm a huge hypocrite. I, I, I admit I'm a huge hypocrite. Aren't we all about some things? You know how I hate Uh, uh, the Aztecs. I'm open about hating the Aztecs. It's the child sacrifice thing that gets me. I just can't wrap my mind around how evil you could be to do something like that on that kind of a level. Sparta was terrible about it. Sparta would examine these babies and they would leave them out in the wilderness to die if they had defects or looked weak. And I don't mean once or twice. They did it a lot. In Spartan society, well, in case you're wondering, well, if all the men are are warriors because they had to fight really until they were at least 40 years old, then who's doing everything else? I mean, there are things you need done in a society, right? They had things called helots or helots. Slaves is what they were. The slaves did everything. Everything else in Spartan society. It's actually really, really terrible. The Spartans routinely were concerned about the helots or helots rising up and taking over or fighting them because they vastly outnumbered the Spartans because they would just bring them in in gobs. So the Spartans would kill them. And part of the Spartan military training was sneaking up on helot slaves and killing them. Rough, right? Now let's set Sparta aside for a brief moment because they're only part of our story today. Sparta and Athens fought a huge, just devastating war that we're not going to talk about called the Peloponnesian War. And yes, Sparta ended up coming out the victor in that war, but don't do this thing. You're tempted to do a Well, yeah, they're the tough ones. Uh, Sparta lost gobs and gobs of men in that war. Athens lost, I, don't, I forget the number, so I don't want to throw it out, 
but it is like an absurdly high number, like two thirds of their male population or something like that. These, they just, they killed each other. It dragged on for years and they just, they just slaughtered each other. But we're post Peloponnesian war and Sparta had won. And Sparta is now, they pretty much were before too, they're now really the big dog around here. They're the big dog around here. And then we have Thebes. Thebes is an interesting place. Thebes had weird little traditions. Thebes had these, they were tough. They weren't Sparta tough, kind of. We'll get to that in a moment. But they had these Special elite troops. One of the Theban elite groups was called the Sacred Band. And they were all dudes, but they would fight as couples. And I mean those kind of couples. And they would fight side by side. The Again, Greece is a fascinating place because they believed you would fight harder to protect somebody that you were in love with. And they also believed you would fight harder so you didn't embarrass yourself in front of somebody you loved. Different, different people. Now, Thebes, they're kind of, you know, kind I don't want to say working for Sparta after this, but you're, they're really doing what they're told. Sparta had told Thebes, oh, by the way, that whole democratically elected government you have that's gone now you're going to go ahead and be an oligarchy you're going to you're going to do what we tell you well thieves thieves rebels thieves rebels and says no we're going to go back to doing things the way we want well now tensions are rising and they're rising quickly between sparta and thieves sparta actually gets in a little skirmish these great spartan warriors get in a little skirmish with thieves And they outnumber the Thebans, and they lose. And this is the first time in Sparta's entire history they'd ever lost when they outnumbered somebody. It just had never happened. I mean, they were these elite warriors. And now Sparta decides, okay, it's it's time. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up once and for all. The Spartans are coming. The Spartan phalanx is coming. Get ready, Thebes. Well, Thebes has to make a choice here. And Thebes has an interesting system where they have really seven generals running things, especially on the battlefield. Seven different ones. Again, it's weird, but Greece is weird. And the Spartans bring out 10,000 troops. They do outnumber the Thebans. Not greatly, but they outnumber them. And Sparta... They're ready to go to war. All right, you can either agree to our terms here or we're going we're gonna to have a big old battle today. And you have six of the seven generals for Thebes evenly split on what to do. Three of them want to go ahead, let's go ahead and do battle. The other three are like, are you out of your mind? This is Sparta. We're going to get our butts kicked. What do we do? What do we do? And then in this kind of famous moment, the seventh guy rolls up and says, oh, we're going to battle. And that's how it worked. You were outvoted. Okay, line them up. Let's go to battle. That's where it got interesting. Hang on.
you need some gold. I mean, you know what the markets hate? The markets hate uncertainty. Um, have you seen the results right now? <laughs> Anybody seen the results right now? My, look, my entire show today has been, well, I don't know. I don't know. Markets hate that. And there's a good chance that uncertainty, not in the election, but in the markets, is the name of the game from now on. There's just too much debt out there because of all this lockdown stuff. There's too much inflation out there. Printing trillions in unbacked currency. You need a gold IRA as part of your portfolio. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. You can get up to $5,000 in free gold and silver coins. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. Spartans line up for battle. Thebes lines up for battle. They clash. They have a hard day of fighting. And the day ends with a Spartan loss and the end of Spartan rule, really over Greece. Now, is that the whole story? Of course it's not the whole story, right? Well, I, I could hear you right now. Well, Jesse, why did they lose? Wait, what? That's, that's how you're going to end it? No. Because it's the details that matter. How could a military juggernaut, the military society of their time, why did they lose when they even outnumbered Thebes? Well, one, they had roughly equal numbers of cavalry, but Sparta didn't really do the horseback thing. Sparta didn't really do the Navy thing. Anything they, anything beyond ground fighting, Sparta viewed as wussy. <laughs> and their cavalry gets run off. Okay, that's not ideal. But something, something else happened, and I want you to stay with me here. And I want you to stay with me because I'm going to give you something this morning that I don't normally do because I think it drags stories down into the ground. But for a specific reason, I want you to pay attention. You with me? We have a phalanx. You know what a phalanx is, as I described. It's that square troop formation. And they were about, in a Spartan phalanx, they were about 12 men deep. All right? So I'm in the front, and there's a guy behind me and a guy behind me, 12 men deep. You still with me? And they would deploy to 12 men behind every guy, or 11 men behind every guy in front. And part of a phalanx was this. I carry a shield on my left arm. I carry a spear in my right arm. My left arm 
with the shield in it. Well, that shield is going to protect half of my body and half of the guy's body who's to my left. I'm also in that same situation. I have half my body protected by this shield. I need my friend beside me's shield to protect the right half of my body. I don't want to get stabbed in either side of my chest. Now, human nature is what it is. What are the men going to do when they're walking into battle, when they're marching into battle, when they're in battle? What is human nature? Do you think you would want to get closer to the man to your right or further away from the man on your right? You're going to want to climb in his back pocket because half his shield is protecting you. Stay with me now. So what happened Oftentimes in these phalanxes was the entire phalanx would drift to the right when it shouldn't drift to the right. You're telling the phalanx, go straight, and the phalanx is drifting right. Why? Because human survival instincts say, I'm going to try to nudge my way just a little closer to this dude on the right so I can be behind his shield. And everyone does that, and it pushes the formation out of formation. What was the solution to this? Well, you took your salty, toughest veterans, and you put them on the far right side of the formation. Why? Because that they knew how to best protect themselves there, one. And two, you had to keep the formation from drifting right. And if you put your salty veterans over there, they wouldn't shift to the right. They're going to keep walking forward. They're going to make sure you're okay. Essentially, if you're in the formation, not as you're looking at it, but if you're in the formation... The troops will get tougher the further right you go, and they'll get weaker the further left you go. Thebes had a plan. Thebes had a plan that was different. You see, they fought in phalanx formation too. But they decided, well... I think we can beat these Spartans who've pounded on so many people for so long. I think if we can get around them and flank them, we can destroy them. But how do we get around them? Well, here's what we're going to do. Forget about this 12-man deep formation. We'll leave the formation on one side of it really, really thin, but we'll stack the other side of the formation 50 men deep and the 50 man deep part of the formation is the side that was going to smash into the tough Spartan side. And it was going to smash into that side because you have to understand lots of these battles, these phalanx on phalanx battles were essentially, I don't want to, it's obviously not tug of war because they're not pulling, but if there was a tug of war for pushing, that's what these things were. They slam into each other with their shields, and they're pushing. Obviously, they're stabbing while they do it, but all the men behind me are pushing. 
well, I don't care how tough you are. When 12 men are pushing against 50, the 50 are going to win. The Theban plan was to smash through, take a risk on the rest of your line so you can smash through the tough Spartan part of the line because if you could make that line crumble, if you could destroy that part of the line, you would destroy the army and you would win the day. And they did it. And they crushed Sparta. And Sparta never rose to significant power again. The truth about battles, wars, life, presidential elections, as I just banged into something here on the desk, presidential elections is this. The devil really is in the details. The details are what can make or break you. We are all going through the exact same thing right now. I'm going through what you're going through. Uncertainty. A little bit apprehensive. I know some of you are stressed out of your minds. I'm not, but that's just because it's not my nature. You don't know what's happening. I am going to, as best I can today, try to break down for you what is happening and why it's happening. The situation on the ground is this. Until well after midnight, I was on television covering this election. Checking the results coming in. I go to bed because even though I'm superhuman, I do need sleep. I finally get off the air. I go to bed. I wake up, what is it, four or five hours later I got? Yeah, I'm a little, bit, a little behind on the sleep today. Four or five hours later I wake up and everything's changed. I go to bed and Donald Trump has won all these states and he's basically won Michigan and Wisconsin And man, it's wow. Until he didn't anymore. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. 
a public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. go to sleep and Donald Trump is up in all these critical swing states we wake up and they've essentially paused the voting the counting of the votes or or they found massive amounts of only democrat votes i'm going to read you something and i need an explanation In Michigan, with 77.3% of the votes in, you hear me? So, With 77% of the votes in, Donald Trump was at 2.2 million votes. Joe Biden was at 1.992, essentially at 2 million votes. Then with 79% of the votes in, so that's 2%, all of a sudden, Donald Trump is still at 2.2 million and Joe Biden's at 2,130,000. So they got in roughly 130,000 votes and they all went to Joe Biden? What? Nevada has announced... They're not counting votes at all today. I'm sorry, what? What do you mean you're not counting votes at all today? In Arizona? In Arizona? This may be the dirtiest thing, and those of you who watched me on TV last night knew that you saw me go off about this. This happened in Arizona, and this... Our media is so incredibly broken in this country and so damaging to the United States of America. And I have an overall point. Just hang with me here for a minute. In Arizona, they called Arizona for Joe Biden immediately. Fox News did. Fox News did. I am not one of these Fox News bashers, although I can clearly see the left drift, the leftward drift. Fox News has been an outstanding source of information for a long time. I have a ton of friends over there. I would never bash on them. I really wouldn't. They called Arizona as soon as all the ballots came in right away. All the instant ballots, they looked bad. Here's how Arizona works. Arizona is way different than most of the other states in that a huge portion of the voters vote early, way bigger than other states. And Arizona is set up and equipped To basically get those election results, the early voting results, instantly. It's what you get instantly. I know this because I ran a race there, two congressional races there. And the same thing happened to me. I ran a race against Gabrielle Giffords, and she crushed me in the early voting because the Democrats always crush Republicans in the early voting. So as soon as the results came out, first results we got, oh my gosh, I'm getting killed. We got embarrassed. And then they start counting the election day results 
and I'm gaining, and I'm gaining, and I'm gaining, and I'm gaining, and I came all the way back and almost beat her. I only lost by 4,000 votes. They had to recount the thing for a week. That is how elections work in Arizona. When the early results come in, which are instant, oh my gosh, the Democrats up big, and then the Republican comes back and comes back and comes back and comes back. Well, in Arizona, you're still waiting in line when the early early voting results are in. Many people are still waiting in line. Fox News gets the early voting results, which were always going to be drastically in Biden's favor, and calls the race. Even MSNBC wouldn't call the race. Fox News is calling the race when people are waiting in line to vote when they dang well know what I just told you about Arizona politics is true. They know that too. I'm, I'm an idiot. If I know that, they know that too. So you're going to have people leaving the line? And I was the first one on the air last night after they called it to say, hold on. Don't believe that call for a second. It could go Joe Biden. This is about to be a lot closer than you think. And what have you seen? Back comes Donald Trump. Still hundreds of thousands of votes to count. And the votes they're counting now are going two to one in Trump's favor. Chris, do me a favor. Get me an update on Arizona's numbers as soon as you can. Don't worry. We're just going to do this on the fly all day long. That's not on you, Chris. We're going to do this on the fly all day because they're always changing and numbers are always dropping. Go, Chris. 1.4 for Biden. 1.3 for Trump. How many? What's the percentage in? 51% of the votes in, and Joe Biden is now only up 100,000 votes. But it's not about that. What are you doing, Fox News? And it's not like I want to just single them out. All night long. Joe Biden goes up, uh, call it for Biden. Donald Trump goes up, well, we can't call it. Let's wait and see. And now we see they're now finding troves of Democrat ballots. What is going on? I'm about to tell you the overall thing that's going on, and it's not good. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Everybody gives up and goes to bed, and we now have dumps, multiple vote voting dumps that are 100% for Biden in the key swing states like Michigan, like Wisconsin. I don't know that we're going to go over each and every state's details today. We'll get there in a second as much as we can. But I know this. And I know this for a fact. It's dark, but it's also kind of exciting. Remember that when I tell you this, okay? I understand this is dark and this is ominous. But you need to always, I don't want to say put a smiling face on things, but you need to keep some perspective about things. Even dark things can give you great, great perspective. So when I lay this out for you, Understand, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. Hang on, I will. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. What we have now, and this is already official, no matter what happens from here with the recounts and the voting and this and that, this is already official. What we have now is a permanent state, permanent because these things don't get reversed. We have a permanent state of election mistrust in the United States of America. This absolute disaster of a presidential election, counting votes, not counting votes, calling states too early. These people aren't even going to count votes today. They're going to wait. Oh, we're not going to be done till Friday. Oh, it'll be Saturday at least for us. Finding huge troves of Democrat votes. What this anarchy has done, it has finished off the destruction of the American confidence in the election process. And that. That's it folks. From here. Things. Things get a lot worse from here. Historically. You start mistrusting the election process. You're going to devolve into something totally different than you were. 
We have never had that here. And now, because of a four-year Democrat hissy fit over Trump's presidency, a Democrat media hissy fit over Trump's presidency, and now these absurd shenanigans they're trying to pull, that mistrust is there permanently with both sides. Trump could easily still come out the winner in all this. You realize that, right? Easily. Several paths to victory for both people. No one knows who's going to win this right now. But it doesn't matter. If Trump wins it, the left is going to be absolutely sure that it was stolen from them. And the right is going to remember the left trying to steal it from them. And if Biden wins it, the right is going to be 100% sure and probably not inaccurately that Joe Biden's people, that the Democrat Media Alliance stole this election. So both sides, no matter what, are going to think the presidential election has either out been, one, outright stolen, or two, there was an attempted stealing of it. I'm sure there are instances on a smaller scale of this in the past, like Bush Gore. We've never seen anything like this before. This is the destruction of the American faith in the electoral system, in the electoral process. And there is no coming back from that. You don't patch that up. Because what it would take to patch that up would be something we are not going to see. It would take the leadership in a joint effort of both parties coming together and some massive unifying movement that says we are done playing political games with elections. We are done challenging each other's elections. We're going to make sure each and every state and county has cleaned up their electoral process because we want this done right. And the reason that unifying process is not going to happen is Democrats have now spent years putting in place a system to make sure it's not done right. They are fully committed, 100% committed, to making this entire process as shady and confusing as humanly possible. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? So... Regardless of what happens in the election. And right now it looks like obviously we're going to keep control of the Senate. I don't think there's any changing that now. So no matter what, we will have some gridlock. I love me some gridlock. If Joe Biden is president, and he certainly could be, just like I told you before the election, we are going to go through that together, you and I, and we're going to have so many freaking laughs and we're going to get by, get through it as best we can. And we're going to have days where we scream and yell about something. But like I told you, I made this vow to you and I will keep it. If Joe Biden is elected president, it's going to be crappy enough to have a Democrat president taking the country in a direction you don't like. I am not going to stress you out for three hours a day on this show and yell and scream and this is the end of the world and America's over and I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'll be very frank as you know I am about where we are as a country. We are going to have some laughs on this show. We're going to talk about non-political things all the time on this show. We are. 
I'm not doing that to you. And to be frank, because I'm a horribly selfish, soulless, immoral person, I'm not doing it to myself. It's bad for me. It's bad for me. Oh, I can't. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm out on that. I'm I'm not on that. I'm not doing it. So if, if the worst happens, if this doesn't go our way, and it might not, I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Who knows right now which way it's going to go? Nobody knows. But none of that really matters, does it? From a 30,000-foot view kind of thing. Once the faith in the electoral process is gone, well, it's all over but the crying then. That's just a fact. Because you can't piece those divisions back together again. You just can't. We'll get through it, though. I mean, what are we supposed to? What are we supposed to do with headlines like this? Nevada, no more election results expected until Thursday. Wait, what? Wait, what? How is it possible? So many other states have their stuff together. They're ready to go, ready to count, teams in place, computer systems in place, quick, almost instant reporting, on the spot, all the time. Ah, uh, I don't think we're going to get to it again till Thursday. You know, look, we can't break our backs over here. How are we allowing this in the United States of America? And not to go big government on you, because you know I hate big government. I think the federal government has to put in place one system for the presidential elections. Anything else wouldn't be constitutional and wouldn't be right. But at least for the presidential elections, one system has to be in place across the nation. It simply has to be. You can't have this. You can't have this. And I'll tell you something else. And I went off about this, about something else last night along the same lines. I'll tell you something else. How terrible does this make us look as a country? The world watches. The world doesn't watch when India is picking a new leader. And India is a mega powerful country. Not a single one of you right now could name the leader of India. I mean, the world cares, but the world doesn't watch with bated breath when Britain picks its new big cheese. The entire world watches when the United States of America picks the next president because we're so big, we're so consequential to everybody. How stupid do we look right now? How stupid, corrupt, and ineffective do we look right now? How embarrassing. (music) 
I don't trust anything anymore. I, look, you can't, can't even trust election results anymore. I trust things that have been around for as long as humanly possible. And here's the stunning thing about gold. Gold had value long before anybody from Europe stepped foot on North America. That's a fact. And gold will have value long after America is no more. Isn't that amazing to think about? So with that kind of staying power, don't you think a gold IRA should be part of your portfolio? Not something drastic. Not telling you pull all your money out of the markets. But a gold IRA has to be part of your portfolio. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go there today. It is it is time. Jesse Kelly. going well <laughs> it's just not going well it's honestly it is embarrassing it is embarrassing for the united states of america and something else and i hate to repeat myself but i have to repeat myself here and those of you who watched my outstanding election night coverage on the first last night know how upset i am about this we had more street violence last night. We had street violence last night. Some dude getting hit in the head with a metal bat. A violent Antifa riot. In front of the White House last night. You want to talk about embarrassing internationally. How pathetic in week are we that we allow this stuff to go on for months on end in our streets in front of the White House? The white pillars right there. The President of the United States of America laying his head down to sleep beside the gorgeous First Lady in violent street riots taking place a few hundred feet away in front of the White House? Why do these people feel safe doing this? Why do they feel so comfortable doing this? You should be afraid to do that in a powerful nation. You should have real fear about what's going to happen to you in a powerful nation. You should be locked up immediately you should have a bail you cannot possibly post slapped on you immediately and you should be facing hard time you know what stops a bunch of these antifa dorks in their tracks how about 10 years federal prison with some real rough dudes watch them get real peaceful real quick 
And I'll tell you something else. I'm going to say this as delicately as I can so I don't get completely removed from my nationally syndicated radio show. If it turns out there are foreign people, non-U.S. citizens, funding these protests, you deal with them in other ways. In more permanent ways. And then, once you're done dealing with them in permanent ways, you don't do it in secret. You hold a press conference with the pictures up and say, See? Everyone see? Let this be a lesson to you. Don't fund and organize street terrorism in the United States of of America or there are consequences. Don't make me have to teach this lesson again the next time. And you turn around and walk out. This crap goes on because it's allowed to go on. You remember all those violent protests in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Oh, that's right. You probably don't. You know why? Because they lasted one day. One day. There was a police shooting. They were approaching some, some dude. I believe it was a domestic dispute. Dude comes charging out of his house with a knife on videotape, charging the cops. They kill the guy. Boom, protests overnight, up, everybody goes to jail, $1 million bail posted. There was not a night number two on those protests. They all looked around and thought, ooh, yikes, okay. Uh, You know what? I actually do have better things to do. I think I'll stay in tonight. This is a disgrace, what we've allowed happen here. And this election stuff. And I, the phenomenal thing is the left, they've been announcing for days, for weeks, what their plans were going to be. They've been out there, everybody from Nancy Pelosi on down. They've been telling you. They've been basically telling you, oh, we're going to find a way. Oh, we'll find the ballots. And the Supreme Court. They did too. Headline. The Supreme Court left in place a Pennsylvania ruling allowing mail ballots up to three days after election day. All right. We have to have a frank conversation here. Unless you were in the United States military, deployed overseas, if you're you're here, it's still not an excuse for you. Unless you're in the United States military, deployed overseas, if you can't get your vote turned in, arrived by election day, you do not deserve to have a say in who the next president of the United States of America is. I don't want to hear your excuses. I don't care. Oh, but I was, I don't care. Then you don't care enough about the election. I don't care. Absolutely embarrassing and disgraceful. Embarrassing and disgraceful. Oh, and you want to know what the ruling was? You see, the justices were divided four to four. We didn't have our our ninth justice yet. Here's a line from the article. This is from Inquirer.com. Chief Justice John Roberts joined with the three liberal justices to reject Pennsylvania Republicans' call 
for the court to block the state court ruling. And where, oh, where did we get Chief Justice John Roberts? Chris, refresh my memory here. I'm sorry, my, I'm sorry. Look, I was up super late. I get fuzzy on things. Was it Barack Obama who who appointed John Roberts, or was it Bill Clinton, or is he still holding out from Jimmy Carter? Oh, it was George Bush. Wait a minute, the Republican George Bush? Huh. Man, that's that's so weird. That's so weird. Remember when I talked about the details? I know they can be boring. That's why I skip over so many of them. Remember that phalanx formation between Thebes and Sparta? The details are what matter. John Roberts gets nominated by a Republican. John Roberts is a squishy weenie Republican. Gets sent to the Supreme Court. All these years later, after John Roberts gets there, John Roberts makes a ruling allowing Pennsylvania to find new ballots for three days after the election. What if in those three days, because Donald Trump right now is up significantly in Pennsylvania, what if after those three days, Joe Biden has come all the way back because of all the Democrat ballots found? You see what I'm talking about, about details? Details, details, details. Arizona. I know we talked about Arizona. You want to talk about the Senate candidate in Arizona? I know that I know you because you listen to the show. How long have I told you? Martha McSally is an utter disaster of a political candidate. You would meet her in five seconds later. You'd know what I'm talking about. No charisma, no personality, just an unpleasant human being. They won, ran her against Kristen Cinema, who's entirely likable, and lost, and then turned around and appointed Martha McSally to the Senate seat that she, when she just lost the race. Of course she turns around and gets her doors blown off last night. We now have two Democrat senators from Arizona. The details, the details, the details. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Joining me now, national security analyst Dave Reboy, although I don't even know why I call him national security analyst. I know that's what his specialty is, but honestly, he's been more like a prophet for what's <laughs> happening in this country. <laughs> Dave? As have you. As have you. <laughs> well, I don't want to take all the credit. Well, I, I've learned a lot of things from you over the years. Dave, tell me, what are we seeing right now? I will tell you, just boilerplate, what I'm seeing is this is how nations finish off. No matter what happens yes. now, no matter no matter how the election goes, neither side is going to trust the presidential election now. Definitely not this one. And you can't go on like that. Sure. No, I, I agree. I mean, this is uh, this is banana republic stuff. This is not um, this is not what a serious country looks like. Um, a serious country doesn't. Um, a serious country operates something more like Florida than like all of these um, Democrat states. You know, Michigan and Nevada and uh, and uh, and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, um, where. It just seemingly, you know, they, they, they have no handle on how they're voting, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just nonsense. I mean, without getting into the, um, the kind of state-by-state state shenanigans, um, you know, and, and dealing with the, the meta issue, because I don't even know. I mean, people are asking me now, you know, what's going on, what's the latest here and there and everywhere? And I'm not sure if the, uh, I'm not sure if the uh, Trump campaign has put together uh, a fact sheet or a database or a website or something where people can go to find the latest on, on all these different races. I think it's going to be, be really important uh, uh, over the next uh, you know, days and weeks as this plays out. But look, what they're trying to do is they are, they're slowing it down, and then now that they've slowed it down, they've stopped the momentum, now they're going to keep adding um, votes. They're going to keep finding votes here and there and everywhere. And so, such that by the time this works itself through the courts, Trump will already be behind a substantial amount. So he'll already appear like last night it looked like when they stopped counting, it looked like he was ahead. But by the time it, it's going to be in court, he's going to look like he's behind fighting to overturn, um, uh, you know, to, to overturn a, um, a loss. And that's exactly how they wanted it. And look, I mean, you know better than anyone that over the last four years, they would do anything. They would do anything. And it's, it's like, you know, at, at what point did, um, you know, at what point over the last four years were you convinced that, now nah, you know what, maybe, maybe they wouldn't do anything? <laughs> you know? Uh, have they? This is what's so stark to me, Dave, because, of course, you're 100% right. It's exactly how I feel. They will do anything. They've proven they will do anything. They had a four-year hissy fit over Hillary, and they just went all in with every dirty trick, collusion, impeachment, everything in the world. And they, of course, planned for this election. But hasn't the Democratic Party always been a do-anything party? I mean, have they? has this new weaponized Democratic Party, is this a new thing? Yeah, no, I mean you're 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 right about that. I mean we're we're talking about. I'm I'm sure that I guess the best celebrated example is is uh, JFK in 1960, and uh, how there was there was you know a lot of evidence that uh, at the very least um, the Daily Machine in Chicago um, was uh, was was delivering fraudulent uh, ballots and working against Nixon, um, but Nixon decided for the you know it's a kind of celebrated story and. Uh, 
And for a long time, in history books, they told us this story as a <laughs> as a way of making Nixon look good, which was like, well, you know, Nixon, for the good of the country, said said, you know, I'm not going to contest the election because that would be that would be terrible, you know. So it's another case of a celebrated Republican playing a chump to a Democrat, um, you know, who, who who swindled him. So yeah, I mean, this is. It was always going to come down to these places. Someone said on Twitter, I thought it was perfect, that the only thing that happened on Election Day was we told them how many votes they needed to steal. Oh, Dave, how does – now, I don't want you to dig into the weeds of this because it's – I don't need you to get too deep on it. But how do they come up with ballots? I mean, that, that crap they pulled in Michigan where all of a sudden 130,000 ballots pull Biden ahead and they all went to Joe Biden. They didn't give Trump Trump any. How does something like that happen? That is so – that has to be organized well ahead of time, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just a humble you know, national security analyst. I, I don't know um, – I don't know of the mechanics of. I've never, I've never pulled a heist of one hundred forty thousand votes in in a big in a in a state. Um, I haven't done it myself, but uh, but I'll tell you that these the the people who did it really. I mean, they couldn't have had any fear of reprisals. You know, and and you know, I I just uh, I mean, it's 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 kind of shocking. But the media lets them get away with it. Now, I honestly don't know what the next step is. I wish I could. I wish I could give, um, you know, I wish I could give some kind of uh, hope, you know, reason for hope and optimism. I mean, the good thing is that Donald Trump is a fighter, and really, the only thing we have in our corner is the fact that Donald Trump is a fighter and he's not going to let this go. Um, but of course, that. Of course, there's no scenario for sort of de-escalation, return to normal um, the politics, which, as you and I very well know, there wasn't anyway. You know, I mean, this, the, the, the idea that, that everything would just go back to normal. And, and even if, you know, even if, uh, if, if Trump won 98 percent of the vote, things would go back to normal. Of course they wouldn't. We're not in a normal time. We are in and, a fracturing, uh, right? I mean, that's not, that's way beyond just you and I getting screamed at by other people for for suggesting that we are in a fracturing. This is this is what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I I spent time thinking about this and the conversations that we've had about national divorce uh, last night as I was looking at some of the breakdown of these states, and I noticed that all but three or four were fifty fifty. Basically, basically 50-50. And, you know, so the question is, you know, it's, 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 it's a good question, uh, you know, sort of to push up, up against our, um, you know, our, our kind of national divorce thesis is, okay, what do you do when you have, um, you know, 46 states that are basically 50-50 and, and at each other's throats all the time? I mean, what you have is a recipe for something – Horrible and sectarian, like you know, Spanish Civil War, like, oh, um, or Yugoslavia, like. But you know, how can that be avoided? That can be avoided by moving to a, to to you know, by the great sort, you know, by by saying, you know what, I'm I'm living in New Jersey. I think it's important to me and my family and the future uh, of and my freedom uh, 
um, and way of life, I'm going to move to a place like Florida or like Texas or like Tennessee or something like that 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 is more amenable to uh, to uh, you know to, to the way I want to live my life. And and we should. St- I mean, these things are important. You know, I know, I know you encounter it when you, when you tell somebody who lives in Portland because I have a couple friends who live in Portland, and I say you got to get out of there. And they say, yeah, I know, but this and this and the job and the this and I have a business and, 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 and this and that. And, yeah, I know those are really big things, but something really big is coming. And things are only getting worse. And I, I just I, – I don't understand why – I mean, maybe it's my family history, you know, is that, you know, my, my – uh, both, both sides of my family – came here and fled from, from Transylvania, uh, from, from Romania, um, after World War II. And, um, you know, so, so I kind of have psychically, you know, grew up with the stories of what it means to be able to say, you know what, I need to get out yeah. of this place. Dave Reboy, thank you so much, my brother. Go get some sleep. I'm sure you're lacking it. I sure am. We will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I have thoughts. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Car Shield gives me something that tells me all I need to know about that company. I mean, it's easy to say that we're America's number one auto protection plan company, and they are. It's easy to say that, but why? I mean, you got to prove that to me, don't you? Well, when they let me pick the mechanic, pick the dealership, That tells me all I need to know because having dealt with these auto protection companies before, I always have an auto protection plan. Here's what happens. Something goes wrong in your vehicle. You have to go take it in somewhere and you have to go take it in somewhere your plan works with. And they send you a list of about two dealerships, none of them convenient for you. Well, you're busy. You don't have options to drive all over God's creation. With CarShield, I take it where I want to take it. That tells me all I need to know. Carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the code Jesse, get you 10% off. You know what, Chris? We're changing the subject for a few minutes. I don't know. I don't have new information. Look at all the new information is terrible. And let, understand this. Don't be crying in your Cheerios. As of right now, Trump can still easily win this election. Arizona, easily in play. Very much in play. I heard from my guy in the White House, Arizona, they think they're going to win Arizona. And Trump is still up significantly in Pennsylvania. Trump wins Pennsylvania and Arizona. Trump's president for four more years, Jack. This is the, 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 nothing is over. Nothing is over right now. Nothing. And again, like I have this headline here: Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf says still over one million ballots to count in Pennsylvania. 
How's that look when they start going heavy Biden? What's the left going to think if they start going heavy Trump? Right? All right. You know what, Chris? We need to talk about something. We need to talk about producer Chris and his huge screw-ups. He's always screwing basics up of life. We just got, because it's the day after an election and everyone's tired and exhausted and hungry, Everybody just dragged in here. No one's, no one's showered. It's a mess. It's a big old mess. So, like a good boss, I ordered breakfast tacos and queso and chips for everybody. We, we need it right now. We're sus- we need this to sustain life. And we tried a new breakfast taco place. We're always trying out new ones. You keep trying until you go for perfection. So, phone screener Mitchell's in here. Chris comes in here. We... We start eating. Chris eats all of his breakfast tacos, then reaches over and dips a chip in the queso and tries it. And the the queso, it is is outstanding. You can tell it's a bunch of Mexicans running this place because this queso is legitimate. Legitimate. We have the best Mexican food down here in Texas. And Chris is over there kicking himself. He said, oh, no, the queso's great. But now I'm full. What kind of a child waits until he's full to try the queso? I will never understand this mentality of some people. Chips and queso, a good appetizer, it's not an afterthought. It is a critical part of the meal, and oftentimes it's the best part of the meal. You know how I'm... The best food orderer on the planet. I mean, at least top five. Everybody knows this by now. I go to restaurants several times to this day. And I'll order only appetizers, two or three for my meal. And sometimes the waitress will look at me and she'll be like, wait, what? Why? And I'm looking at her like, what's wrong with you? What do you mean, why? This is clearly where... The chef or owner of the restaurant put the most time and thought into it. Yes, I would like the rattlesnake bites and the chips and queso. And I want to try some wings with it. What, what should I go with the Salisbury steak instead? No, I want to be drowning in cheese sticks today. I got kicked off Twitter, Chris. Well, to be more clear, I got suspended off Twitter. Allow me to explain. One, we all saw big tech ramping up its censorship of conservatives big time going into the election. So they were looking for any excuse to ax anybody they can. As everyone knows, I'm in general not going to be a hold back because I might get in trouble type person. So Kyle Rittenhouse, everybody remembers who Kyle Rittenhouse is. He's that 17-year-old warrior who decided while he was doing community cleanup that he was going to strap on a weapon and go protect local businesses from Antifa burning them down. He gets attacked by Antifa. I I, I don't know the details. It looks like self-defense to me, but who knows at this point in time. But it looks like he's defending himself. Kills two of them as he's defending himself. 
Well, of course, it's a bunch of left-wing DAs over there, so they lock him up and throw away the key, and they're charging him with intentional first-degree murder. I mean, like he's, he's getting charged with it. And there was an article the day before the election about how Kyle Rittenhouse is now being held on some huge like $2 million bail or something like that. And what I said was, well, what if we need him tomorrow? I realize that may have been a little extreme for some. I still think that's freaking hilarious. And people started reporting it. And soon I get a message from Twitter. I have it on my phone. You get a message from Twitter saying, hey, we've received a report about this. We've reviewed it. It doesn't violate any of our policies. Six hours later, the leftists have mass reported it. They'll do that. You can flood basically the social media systems and they got me kicked off, suspended for a week. I had to delete it and everything. But it brings up an interesting point. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Twitter is now placing notices on Trump's tweets and limiting the engagement. I'm sure they're doing it across social media platforms. We see all the elections shenanigans going on. And who told you all this was coming? There are consequences to losing battles. You know, a battle doesn't win or lose the war most of the time, not one. But you lose enough of them, you lose the war. We have culturally lost battle after battle after battle after battle. And soon you're the Democrats and you're running a dementia-riddled idiot who can't functionally do the job against Donald Trump who's got a great economy. Oh, you're screwed, right? You're toast. Uh, Unless you've been winning a lot of battles and you have people in place everywhere. And it brings up something interesting about Democrats. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Don't expect a call in presidential race anytime soon as Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin process votes. That's according to CNBC.com, Chris. In case you can't hear it, I'm already back in a good mood again. Well, what are we going to do? What are we supposed to be? We're we supposed to cry about it? Back up, Buttercup. This is what we got now. It's a total disaster. It's a total disaster. But again, I told you yesterday, been telling you for weeks, I'm always going to tell you this. May we live in interesting times. Interesting times. That's what you want. Interesting times. Have you talked to people on their deathbed? Have you? I have. I have never, ever, ever once heard somebody tell me who was dying. Oh, man. Thank goodness my life was comfortable. I've never heard it. You and I in the moment want comfort, right? Look, guilty as charged. I'm sitting here today in warm-up pants. That's the, that's, that's the kind of sleep I'm in. Yes, Chris, you don't have to look. It's actually warm-up pants. I'm just a dirt ball today. Absolute dirt ball. We all want comfort in the moment. But when you're looking back, you never, ever, ever remember or reminisce about all the times you were comfortable. You remember and reminisce about the tough times. I look back over my life, my 39 years on this earth. Hopefully I get another 20 or 30 more. Chris, that's probably about all we can hope for, I'm sure. Especially if we keep eating breakfast tacos and queso like that on a regular basis. But I look back on my 39 years, and what do I see right away? Obviously, I see, you know, some good things in there, you know, family, friends, so on and so forth. But I see I see moving to Montana fifth grade year and getting in fistfights every day on the playground. I see hard, brutal times in the Marine Corps. I see running for Congress and losing. Shout out to all my friends. Some of my friends lost congressional races last night. You want to talk about a rough moment? A rough moment? Go ahead and run for Congress or Senate or something like that. And it takes so much time. And it takes so much effort. And all the events, all the paid staffers, all the volunteers, the people, they wear your shirts around. They have bumper stickers on your cars. They love you. You have little old ladies crying when they hug you, getting their makeup all over your, your sport coat. You're the best. You're going to be president one day. We love you. And then sit back in the back of the hotel room with the campaign people and get the final numbers in that show you can't win. I've had to do this before. And then have to stand up 
My wife, to her credit, stood right there beside me. Stand up. Wife takes your arm and walk down to the podium to announce to those people who worked their butts off that it was all for naught. And you know what? You know, maybe the worst part about it is on the way to the podium. They're all wanting updates, right? Are we going to do this? I think we're going to do this. And you can't, I mean, you can't give that away. You have to tell them all at once. You just, you, all you can do is smile and pat them, pat them on the back. You get up there and tell them it's not happening. We lost. And you know what? I look back on that moment. It's a huge part of my life. I reminisce about it. I think it's sweet. Like, it's sweet. I look back on times in my life where I've been out of work. You know how horrible it is to be out of work? Maybe you're out of work right now, and let me just tell you something. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. And people who've never been out of work don't know what that feels like. You have bills still, and they're piling up, and your bank account doesn't have any money in it. And you're looking around thinking, one, am I going to starve to death? And two, especially as a dude, I can't speak for women, but especially as a dude, you feel worthless. You just don't feel like you have a purpose or a direction. It's a horrible feeling. And I've been there. And I look back on those times right now, fondly. Not that I enjoyed them. I just look back and I think, I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad we live in interesting times. I know there's so much to be stressed about in anxiety and election and election integrity. And you've heard, look, you heard, I told, it's not like I'm sugarcoating it for you. I think this speeds up the downhill slide of the United States of America greatly. I think it speeds it up greatly. I'm not sugarcoating that. But I want to live in interesting times. I have 60 or 70 years on this earth, I would guess that's what God gave me, if I live that long. I mean, you never know. Car wreck, cancer, who knows? How many things out there can take you out of here in an instant? But if all goes well, 60, 70 years, that's about all the Kellys have in us, and then I'll be going down. I don't want a boring 70 years. I look back on 39 years of adventure and failure and success and, and horrible moral failings and moral successes. And I'm not ashamed of them, of my life. I look back on that 39 years, and I have to tell you, it makes me smile. I think to myself, that's pretty freaking cool. That's pretty freaking cool. I like that. I want to die with some stories one day. If we're going to, de- to devolve in some nightmarish hellhole of leftist wokeism, everything defined by race and gender and just absolute horribleness. The military rots out from underneath us because they've already completely gone with that social justice warrior crap. Corporations all bombarding you and your kids. If we have to go out like that, at least it'll be interesting. At least it will be interesting. All right? No worries. Now, 
I say we want some hard times to keep life interesting, but I'm not quite sure how we overcome embarrassment like this. Chris, you ready for this? This is from globalnews.ca. A stuffed tiger sighting spurs a 45-minute standoff with Scottish police. Police in Scotland were a little red-faced after it emerged that officers had a standoff with a giant stuffed tiger for nearly 45 minutes. UK cop humor, UK cop humor, apparently that's a, apparently that's a website, Chris. Wait a minute. You need to go on that website. I bet there's some hilarious stuff in there. UK cop humor posted photos of the giant plush toy on Facebook, noting that after photos were sent to the station, Numerous units, including three ARVs and a dog handler, were sent to the farm to tackle this beast. Quote, nervous radio updates started coming in, stating that it was unclear if the tiger had eaten any cattle, but it appeared well-fed and its ears were seen to twitch. But other than that, it was very settled. You know what? If I can defend them really briefly. The truth of human nature is simply this. We see what we want to see. We do. Hang on a second. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Car Shield gives me options. Options. I love options. I immediately get nervous, and you should too, with any auto protection plan company that says, come by our plan. What, wait, what do you mean your plan? You have one plan? Why, why don't you have several plans? CarShield offers me flexibility on the type of plan I want because my plan is different than yours. They let me pick the mechanic or dealership I want to take it to. They even offer me flexibility on payments if I need them to. That is what you call power. That is what you call treating your customers right. I love that. And as soon as something goes wrong in your vehicle, you will thank your lucky stars you have them. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Don't forget, use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. A deductible may apply. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. The Northeast Police Division confirmed the incident took place on its Facebook page, noting that the incident was over within 45 minutes after the officers had cleared the scene. It should be noted, Chris Chris prints out my articles instead of just sending them to me. One, we don't care about trees. Two, they're easier to read on the show. I now have consumed so many energy drinks this morning. I'm, 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 uh, 
I'm shaking. I'm trying to read this and my hands a little shaky. And now here's what I'm worried about when this stuff like this happens, Chris. I'm worried I'm going to deal with somebody important. Like this will be the day one of the radio bosses, hey, Jesse, you want to come do lunch? And I'll be all, oh, I'd love to. And I'll be trying to pick pick up the pepper shaker and my hand will be shaking. It'll be like, oh, great, the guy's an alcoholic. And so what am I supposed to explain? No, it's not booze or he's going to think I'm, I'm on drugs. I bet this is what people on cocaine do. Anyway, quote, the incident was stood down within 45 minutes. Once officers attended and established there was no threat to the public, we appreciate that it was a false call and made with genuine good intent. Um, 45 minutes. How embarrassed are you? And here's the question, Chris, because we're all picturing it right now, right? Did they have weapons drawn? You know you're picturing it. You know you're picturing it. Did they have weapons drawn? I need, You know what? Let me look a little further. Are there details in here? There aren't details in there. I want to know. If the police had weapons drawn, stand down, stand down. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, speaking of drugs, where's this Oregon article, Chris? Oh, here it is. You see, I lecture other people for this, Chris. And the truth is, like everything else, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. People say... They want things until they actually see it happen, until reality actually hits, and then they see those things. I mean, people on the right, you know what? The Kyle Rittenhouse thing is a great example. People on the right, they always talk about Antifa is bad and, and Black Lives Matter is bad, and they're violent and they're destroying livelihoods and they're murdering people. And someone has to stop them. Why won't someone stop them? Someone get out there and stop them. And that a 17-year-old kid straps on a weapon and goes to protect somebody. He stops them. And I, it wasn't the leftists. I knew what they were going to do. I watched more than half of the right the next day scolding this kid as some murderer, irresponsible. How could that happen? You want to stop street leftists? If you're in a hardcore left-wing area and you have politicians who will not let the cops stop these left-wing violent protesters and you want them stopped, what do you think that looks like? What do you think stopping them looks like? That's what it looks like. And honestly, this is why I've said it. I did a show on this a long time ago. I should do another one. I've believed this always. I believe it to this day. The photograph is the most damaging invention in the history of mankind. And everything that sprouted from it, photo and video and everything. Because if you were given, even with this hysterical 
you know, complete panty waste society we have now. If you were given an article that said 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse stood guard at several businesses, uh, ended up, you know, killing a couple guys in self-defense, you wouldn't be outraged one bit. But instead, you saw it on videotape. You saw people dying on videotape. You saw some guy with half an arm on videotape. You saw another guy right before he died clutching the chest that just had a bullet go through it on videotape. And it changed everything for you, for many of you. FDR, as big of a scumbag as he was, in my opinion, very smartly, for I believe it was 22 months, I may have that time period wrong, so do not quote me on that, for a long time at the beginning of World War II, would not allow publication of photos of dead U.S. troops because he knew how damaging it would be to public support of the war. No, you can no, you can read an article about it. You, you you can read about it. You are not going to see a picture of dead soldiers. I think it was Time. I may have that wrong too. Again, sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I believe it was Time was the first one who was allowed to do it, and I think it was dead troops on a beach in the Pacific. I may have that wrong, but I believe that was first because he knew the photograph makes it real for you, and it makes it too emotional for you. You can believe things all you want until you see things, until they actually happen. Drugs are a funny thing. and We we make jokes, obviously, all the time on the show. We're going to make more today about drugs and things like that, but obviously, terrible for you. Terrible for you. The, the hard ones I'm talking about here. No, I'm not judging you for that joint behind your ear. I, I, I don't care. And I don't judge you, period. Look, I've, I've lied. I told you about the time I did cocaine. I told you that on nationally syndicated radio. I, I'm not judging you, nor would I be qualified to do so. But I mean, things like heroin. Heroin has killed so many people. You look at the history of just heroin, it just wrecks lives. I mean, gosh, forgetting heroin, in the same vein, the, the opioids like Vicodin and Percocet and these things like that, there are stories out there. It's one of my huge fears as a parent. Honestly, it's one of my huge fears. There are so many stories out there about normal kids Teenagers from loving, caring homes wrecking and ending their lives because they got hooked on pain pills. Uh, you one day, and I mean horrible stories. She was, I mean, you, I, gosh, I can picture one of them right now. She just stunningly beautiful teenage girl, captain of the cheerleading team, straight A's. Just you know, life life's gonna be great for that girl. Some dude's going to slap a ring on her finger at 20 years old and she's going to have a great career if she wants it. Dead. All of a sudden, hooked on pills and dead. That stuff wrecks lives. However, small government, Jesse, 
doesn't really think government should ban them, right? I mean, that's how I've always stood on that until I see it. Today, Oregon votes to decriminalize heroin, meth, and other street drugs. And I have been legalize it all and let it go forever. And then I see that headline and I think, oh, that's a terrible idea. Apparently, I'm a huge hypocrite. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. What have I been telling you all day? It's not all bad out there. It's not all angst and stress and anxiety. There is some good news. There are some actually really good people going to Congress, going to the Senate. It's fine. We're all going to be fine. And one of them is on the phone now. Lauren Boebert from Colorado's 3rd Congressional District is now, you went from owning a grill, being a mom, a wife, to now you're freaking Congresswoman Boebert. How does that feel? You know, it is amazing. And actually, what's what's the best part about it is I'm not just the first female to represent uh, this district, but I'm the first mom to serve the people in Colorado's third congressional district. So I'm really excited about that. Describe for me, because I know, obviously, you thought you were going to win. We'd talked beforehand and whatnot. But describe for me the moment. Where were you? What happened? Were you with staff? Were you with family? When you got the numbers in and it was over and you knew it was over, what was that like? Give it to me. Give me the details. Well, it was actually, it started being a little bit of a nail biter. We were up the entire time, but the climate in Colorado uh, was just so vicious. Uh, There's so many so many uh, seats that, that we lost and, and should have held on to and so many ballot initiatives that uh, didn't go through. And so the climate was really uh, tumultuous uh, here in, in Colorado. And, you know, um, I had millions of dollars spent against me. Uh, they were they were trying to uh, over-exaggerate a $100 traffic ticket that I got a mugshot with and make me look, out, look like a, a criminal. And all of that didn't matter in the end because we were five points ahead and we're winning. I was with some of my family at my restaurant. We had a very small uh, private event and uh, we 
I, I walked in there and just the cheers and the excitement, uh, the, the tears in everyone's eyes, and just knowing that we still have a chance here in Colorado. We still have uh, some fight in this game. Can you lay out what's happening in Colorado? Because people on the outside looking in, they see people like you get elected and they think, oh, gosh, finally, it's, that's, that's inspirational. Maybe Colorado is coming back. But then you turn around and there's some absolute nutball getting elected governor yeah. or something there. What is, how is the state divided up? What is it? It's Denver and Boulder. Denver and Boulder control Colorado. And it's, it's really unfortunate. And then, you know, we have so many people from California that are moving in and they're, they're leaving California because the policies are terrible and they're coming to Colorado and bringing those same policies with them. It's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to move here, there should be some sort of rule that you can't vote the way you voted when you left the state <laughs> that you're fleeing from, these California refugees coming here. And so, uh, uh, but, you know, we, we are a very rural state still, and there are a lot of conservatives who live here, but unfortunately, Denver and Boulder uh, just take the take the charge in that. John Hickenlooper, he said, "I do not need the Western Slope. I do not need those votes Oof. to win." And unfortunately, he was right. Ooh, that that is that is stark. When he feels comfortable saying that, that really shows you the divide. You know, I've of the state. I, I've heard before that Colorado wants to split up. Is that a stupid internet rumor, or is there actually some validity to that? You know, we all have talked about it. Uh, there, there's there been so much talk about just right there uh, at the Continental Divide, splitting it up. Uh, and, uh, you know, because once you get past the con- Continental Divide there, even the water flows the wrong way. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think that that's something uh, that's too far out there. Okay. All right. What is your schedule now? Like, what happens now? All right. You're you're new. I'm assuming some high-level big cheeses have already been calling you or at least texting you over the past 12 hours. Congratulations, so on and so forth. What happens now? Do you have to go to Congresswoman school? I do. No. So I'm actually heading out to I, – <laughs> I, I'm headed to D.C. today, and I'm going to start with uh, just – Uh, some orientation meetings, and uh, putting together my staff. I want a really great staff that's focused on uh, constituent services. I want to be able to take care of my people. I am not going to D.C. and forgetting who I work for. And so I want to make sure the people of Colorado's 3rd District are uh, well taken care of and always represented. And uh, so I've already had multiple meetings today uh, trying to piece together those people who are going to fit the best into these positions. And so we could be really effective uh, when I'm there. And so I, I'm just really excited to, to roll up my sleeves and get to work. Do you want me to come back there and bust some heads for you? <laughs> Are you going to bust some heads? Well, I mean, Nancy Pelosi looks like she still might be in there. Hopefully. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It, what what are what is an issue that people from your state are passionate about? Are they Second Amendment? I mean, I obviously know everybody has seen you pictures of you with the gun on your hip. Is are they a rabidly Second Amendment up there? Because I'm from Montana and they are up there. Montana just went huge red, and guns were a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they were kind of quiet about our guns here, and um, everybody just you know try to keep it as a gun is a non-issue because it is an issue here. And uh, so none of the politicians really wanted to go out and, and say what they wanted to do with the Second Amendment, um, like like Beto O'Rourke, hell yes, I'm going to take your AR-15s and your AK-47s. And so they stayed really quiet on, on that front because uh, if they were to come out with the truth of what they want to do with our Second Amendment rights, they would have lost. 
uh, because this this is a hunting state. This is a Second Amendment state. We we want the to co- continue to have the right to protect ourselves. You know, Jesse, I started carrying my gun because a man was beat to death outside of my restaurant. Ooh. You know, I'm I'm back there being a being a good girl, making sandwiches for people and you know, cleaning off tables and, and a man's beat to death outside my restaurant. And so I needed a way to protect everyone around me. And that's why I started to open carry. And I didn't want to pay my government a fee to hide my gun or to prove my innocence. So I took advantage of Colorado's open carry laws. Uh, but, you know, energy is really huge here as well. Uh, we have some of the richest, uh, most efficient re- resources this world has to offer, and our guys do it better than anyone else. How do you avoid going back there and losing what I know you are? Because it's happened to people. I mean, it's happened to good ones. Good ones, I mean, friends of mine I've gone, and I, two years later I don't recognize who they are. They just they go back there and lose their freaking minds. How do you ground yourself? How do you make sure that doesn't happen? I, I think it really is about, um, first of all, I, I love Jesus, and I, I do have a rock, a firm foundation, and, uh, you know, that 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 right standing um, with God creates right character and right living, um, but uh, the people that have surrounded me, um, that has been just monumental in this. Uh, this victory is really their victory, because I could not have done this on my own. Um, I, I couldn't have um, it, it was nothing special that I did. Um, I stepped up to be in this role, but it was everyone that came alongside of me to support me in this and help me run with this vision. And uh, so as long as I stay connected to those people, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see myself uh, getting sucked into the swamp. I mean, that's what we all hate. Um, we, we, we hate uh, we hate all the destruction that goes on in there and, uh, and that people do lose themselves. And so I, I'm not going there to be a part of the problem. I don't want to be a career politician. I'm going in there to make a difference uh, for my for my local communities, my district, my state, and our country. Lauren Bobert, go enjoy your day. Just 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 bask in the glory. Make sure you just rub it in your opponent's face and just be a bad sport about everything today. You got it, Jesse. Very good, Lauren <laughs> Bobert. How about that, Chris? We got good people going. I was bummed that Troy. I was bummed that we, bummed that Wesley Hunt lost. I know a lot of you people nationally don't know who Wesley Hunt is. He was running for Congress here in Houston. Wesley's an awesome dude. One of those guys we we really could have used there. That sucked. I'm debating Chris. What's the etiquette for sending him a "Hey man, sorry" text messages? I I feel like I feel like he's probably getting so many of those. And you really want to avoid doing what everyone else is doing. Like, I'll tell you right now, this full disclosure, I I can be honest with everybody. I'm so sick of getting text messages over the last 24 to 48 hours. What's happening? Are we going to be okay? Jesse, tell me it's going to be. Buddy, everybody's sending me that. Everybody. I don't know. I don't know. So is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a day or two. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You need a gold IRA. You just have to have one. Everybody that saves for retirement, 
they all have a portfolio of some kind. I've got money here. I've got, I've got bonds there. I've got stocks here. I've got this and that. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Part of that portfolio for everyone needs to be a gold IRA. These precious metals IRAs, what they do is they give you a floor, a higher floor for how low things can drop if everything goes wrong. And everything is going to go wrong eventually, right? I'm not trying to be a downer, but at some point in time, everything's going wrong. Let's just accept that. Don't have to panic about it. You do have to get a gold IRA, though. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go there now. Get that gold IRA. Mitch McConnell just absolutely slaughters his opponent in Kentucky. And Democrats spent something around $100 million on that race. They handpicked a candidate and dropped 100 big ones on him, Chris. Mm. Mitch McConnell, and I, you've heard me yell about Mitch McConnell a thousand times. I get mad at him. But Mitch McConnell is a bloodthirsty savage politically. The dude goes out there and wins. And let's be honest, a lot of those judges over the last four years of Trump, that's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has been out there kicking butt and taking names. So congratulations to cocaine Mitch getting the job done. Louisiana passes an amendment saying there's no constitutional right to abortion. And boy, is this country going in opposite directions and going in opposite directions quickly. Alabama, their Senator Doug Jones lost to Tommy Tuberville. Doug Jones, you remember, he was the guy who won a special election. It was, it was, he had a weird opponent. It was all very, very strange. But it's tough for a Democrat to keep his seat in Alabama. It just is. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer today. Tommy Tuberville is not going to probably be your kind of Republican. He's, he's just probably not going to be. Be prepared to be disappointed plenty with Tommy Tuberville. I'll just put it to you that way. Lindsey Graham, they also sunk like 100 mil trying to sink Lindsey Graham. People don't realize this, though. People, when you ask when you ask people what what's the reddest state in the country, it might be South Carolina. South Carolina is blood red, and I mean blood red. It is. We're going to have two Republican senators from South Carolina for the foreseeable future. Lindsey Graham's a little squishier than I would prefer, but what are you going to do at this point in time? What, Chris? We got to take any good week that we can get at this point in time. You can email me. You're welcome to. And yes, you're welcome to pour out your election anxiety. Everyone else in this world has. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, you can send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions all week long. I set them aside. They're printed out. They're set aside for Friday. If you come up with a good one, don't wait. You'll forget it. Fire it off. jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Look, things are still happening. Numbers are still coming in. It looks like Wisconsin is probably lost. It looks that way. It looks like Pennsylvania's won. It also looks like we might come back and win in Arizona. And remember, if we win Pennsylvania and Arizona, Donald Trump's president again. There's this, this thing's not lost. And Joe Biden could still easily be president. And that is so criminally unacceptable. That is so criminally unacceptable for a modern, powerful nation to have this kind of election uncertainty. Again, I, I don't want to go big government, Jesse. There has to be a federal process for this. Every state, same streamlined process. And look, you don't have to make it complicated. Pick a state that does it well. Florida, pick Florida. Florida does it really well. Pick Florida. Everybody does exactly what Florida does. It's now the law, period. Put the system in place. Now, well, I mean, we need a week after after the – no, nope, absolutely not. Florida has it done right. And setting politics aside, in all seriousness, setting aside Republican, Democrat, whatever it is, How much better does the state of Florida look today than the state of Pennsylvania? Think about that. Think about if you're a business, a family, whatever you may be. Maybe you're thinking about moving, looking around. Doesn't Florida just look more professional today? Wow, look at that. Results already in, done, on election night, declared and over. None of this, well, the absentees, well, we, I mean, we should wait around for the mail. None of the, Florida looks professional. As a nation, as a state, there is great worth in that. Florida looks professional. It is embarrassing for the United States of America to have what we have right now. I'm probably going to go off on this again on TV. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can get the entire show. Chris podcasts the shows right after on iHeart, on Google, on Spotify. You can get it on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. These things matter a great deal. Chris, we didn't even get to the Sausage King. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. Hang on a second. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. 
Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Missed the election, Chris. I miss it. I told you all I was going to have the time of my life. As everybody saw who watched me on the fourth, uh, on the first last night, was I not having the time of my life? I laughed so hard I was crying. It's election night, man. We got to wait four more years for that now. And I know there's a midterm election. <laughs> I mean, it matters, but it doesn't have the same juice, does it? I want another presidential election now. What? Well, why not? This one didn't get finished anyway. Let's just redo the thing. You know what? I think we're on to something here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a hold of Trump's people. I'm going to sit down. I'll tell them here's what we need to do. A take backsies. We're going to have a big old do-over. Gosh, I'm smart. That's all. Jesse Kelly show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.